Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in this beautiful universe. This is Chris. We're down here on Bondi Beach. <clears throat> I've got a little bit of a tickle in my throat, but that comes from the topic of today's podcast, and that topic is intuition. <clears throat> so, <coughs> the highest form of intuition is inspiration. Let's be really clear, inspiration is in spirit, inspired. It means nothing comes from you, it only comes through you, which means great thoughts, inspired thoughts, are not yours. And that's really disappointing because sometimes the most profound things you think of don't belong to you, they belong to the spirit, the spirit world, to the world beyond you, the divine. Uh, if you get up in the morning, drive your car, go to work, do your job, and everything you do is 100% in your purview of your control, the car's in your control, the street lights, uh, shop and change as per your requirements, uh, your breakfast's on the table, Milk's in the fridge, shops are open, toilet paper's available. You kind of like don't have much need for inspiration. None. Zero. You believe that uh, what is what is and you control and you assert control over that and uh, the more control you have, which means the more you think, there it is. However, there's a point at which intuition fails and that point is in the face of ever-increasing responsibility or danger as you want to call it so let's call responsibility uh, whether it's corporate responsibility personal responsibility financial responsibility domestic responsibility social responsibility as our sense of responsibility or as not even our sense of as our true responsibility rises, so does the danger. So let's parallel this. Uh, we're on Mount Everest. The skills required to get to the second base camp of Mount Everest are far greater than the skills required to get from base camp two to the summit. In other words, technically, the hardest part of Mount Everest is getting to Base Camp 1 across the uh, ice moraine. That's quite strange, isn't it? Technically, technically, which is what you learn at uni, from a TED talk, technically, on Mount Everest, most people can easily go to the summit. Biologically, physically, the test is somewhat similar that the strength and endurance and capabilities required of your biological body to get up to Base Camp 2 really are no different to the ones required to get to the summit. So, biologically, no problem. <clears throat> Mentally, 
mentally the skills required to deal with the dangers of crossing the moraine with ladders over crevasses that are thousands of meters deep into the earth. Um, mentally, all the challenges that you're going to face between Base Camp 2 and the summit far diminished, are far diminished compared to those you require to get to Base Camp 2. Now, the average person who climbs Mount Everest with the typical process of getting to Mount Everest will go to Base Camp 2 maybe five or six times in preparation to going from Base Camp 2 up to the summit. Five or six times. This is climatization and also bringing gear up and what have you. Sherpas may even go more. So they'll do the most dangerous part of the trip ten times before they do the trip. Now that's ridiculous. You would think they would do the most dangerous part of the trip at the end, but it's not. Now, there is a thing from Base Camp 2 up, and it goes into about Base Camp 4, called the Death Zone. Now, the Death Zone is certainly a place where your technical skills will be challenged, but the, dang 